1: Welcome to Overdue. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My
0: name is Craig. My name is Andrew. Do you, do you get mail these
1: days, Andrew?
0: Yes. I get. So there are two kinds of mail that I get these days. One kind is junk mail. Okay. That we all know and love. We love junk mail. The other mail. kind is if I've bought a uh, single individual Pokemon cards off of TCGplayer.com. <laughs> Uh Which you do sometimes when you're building a deck Or you're trying to fill out an expansion And you just don't want to You don't want to deal with the cold randomness Of a booster pack anymore Sure, yes So those are, yeah, that's the mail that I get What kind of mail do you get? I (laughs) get Like wine? So we're
1: going to talk about the book that Andrew read For this podcast, which was
0: The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis
1: So I don't get any That I know of Letters from Uh mid-level demon in hell uh i've ever gotten mails about donald trump though do you
0: get do you get mail from congress
1: (laughs) Um, got him got him the mail i get junk mail of course and uh a lot of of political mail Mm mm-hmm uh, a lot of fundraising mail during you know lockdown. I was, um, you know, I was running trivia games where folks were donating money, and then we were you know donating it to worthy causes. It just put me on a lot of lists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I feel yeah. bad. But here's where I we just
0: are. I, hate, I hate I do hate being on any list. Like I cannot respond stop to enough texts to make my phone my own again yes. ever. Well, Never
1: that, ever. They say the devil is in the details, and That's a great segue. <laughs> the details of this here podcast are that each week one of us reads a book and tells the other person about it, and this week's book is sort of about mail. Come on, it's it's in the form of letters. P- screw tape ones. Is screw tape the original mailer demon?
0: <laughs> Okay, that was pretty funny. <laughs> Thank you. That was pretty good. Yeah, he is he is a mailer demon. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so,
1: Andrew, you have never read this book before no. this podcast?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Great. In accordance with the rules, yep. the normal rules.
1: Um, and I have never read this book, though I did work on... A stage production of an adaptation in Philly by Anthony Lawton, an actor and, and writer that I've known for many many years.
0: Yeah, what's the deal with that?
1: Um, it's a pretty cool adaptation. It's a it's a it can be done as a one man show though. He often has a second performer who comes on and does like interludes with him, mm-hmm. where he has pared down the script a little bit, but mostly is delivering it to the audience ish. As as we'll talk as the recipient of the letters, and it takes the form of kind of a evil PowerPoint presentation, and I, I say that as a goof, it doesn't feel like that's not the lark it is.
0: Um, no, we're, when you say PowerPoint presentation, you're not saying anything about like the tone or how no. compelling it is as performance. No, okay. no, <laughs> it's just that there is a
1: slideshow, and he has some like really clever slides going on behind him. Um, you got any good, you got some good wipes, some good animations. No, and so that, I guess that's what keeps it from being a really solid PowerPoint show. I guess, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but then interspersed with the letters, he does like bits of dance, he does magic, he eats fire at one point. When I've seen him do it, all to kind of highlight versions of like Screw Tape's wickedness. Um, but over the course of the performance, like kind of Screw Tape loses power and loses the thread. Um, and it just kind of gave me a grounding in this work as like I am not familiar. It is a very religious text. I'm un- i I'm to understand in terms of what yeah, it's concerned it's, with. It's Christian apology. Yes, and we'll talk exactly. about what that is. Um,
0: Do we? Was this a listener request or something? How this land no, on our it came desks? Up We on, just wanted to.
1: It came up on a on a l- series of lists of like you know impactful but compact works by okay, known cool. authors. You know that we sometimes mm-hmm. reference when we're looking yeah. to make the weekly book podcast we yeah. do manageable. Yes.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so do it rain, rain or shine, sleet or snow. Yeah, whether your basement is ruined and your child's preschool abruptly closed, or you know what, just to, just whatever you might be dealing, with. whatever
1: whatever might be coming through your mail mm-hmm. these days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so obviously I know it's like a it is a. Work very centered on Christianity, but my experience with the work is one that is also very theatrical that can play to an audience that is not solely concerned with it as a religious text. That is maybe like, Oh, I didn't know that C.S. Lewis wrote this thing, and here's a very compelling, interesting performance by about a demon, and it leaves me thinking about humanity, whether or not it is making me think about religion.
0: and that- yeah, I mean, C.S. Lewis clearly wants you to be thinking about religion. Yeah, but but I do think that the most compelling parts of this for me were were the parts where C.S. Lewis was just proving himself to be like an adept observer of human nature. Like there there's a lot in here that just it is very insightful and interesting, regardless of whether you're considering it through a like a, an, an overtly religious lens or just a like what's the deal with people yeah, sort for of sure. lens. And that, yeah. I think that was
1: what I r- have remembered most about that those productions. So like, okay, Clive Staples Lewis, born in 1898, died in 1963. We have covered him twice before. Andrew read Till We Have Faces for episode 123. It's a novel that retells the myth of Cupid and Psyche. And then on episode 228, we did The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And uh eight turkish delight you should go listen to that episode that's all i have to say that's a good one we don't
0: we should eat more on on mike i, I did eat liverwurst <laughs> for that mm-hmm. cricket
1: and times square episode and we did eat Ew. bread for the bread episode oh
0: yeah but that was good
1: that was good actually
0: we should do some more like fear factor stuff where oh, we have to god. eat bugs
1: yes welcome to the mid 600s run of overdue where we it's are
0: sweeps, it's sweeps week oh my god and we're here we're gonna eat scorpions And we're going to talk about a book with scorpions in it? The novelization of The Scorpion Uh, King. Sure. (laughs) Um,
1: So I did find an article um, about Lewis's literary legacy in The Guardian. We'll talk a little bit more about The Guardian in a second. Um, Dodgy and unpleasant or exceptionally good. So dodgy and unpleasant is what His Dark Materials author Philip Pullman has referred to as uh, his work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we, we've we talked about all of those books already He Pullman like I think in some ways respects what Lewis has achieved But also finds a lot of his work very you know wanting And doesn't like parts of it that are racist or misogynistic
0: w- With good reason I think Yeah um, And then And there's some of this there's a little bit of that like You probably don't want to read what Screwtape has to say about like Flappers and, Yeah like, other sure women. Like it's just it's a thing that's in this book. I don't. It I don't, is a
1: work of satire, so that's always like tricky. Where it's yeah, like and, that, and we're gonna yeah. we're
0: gonna read the preface when we start okay, talking cool. about the book proper. I'm just I'm just here to say, it. like, there is some stuff in this book that's like, yeah, that's he's an old white man from like <laughs> eight years ago. But I'm also just so tired, and so we might skip over some. Sure, of that <laughs> rather than like directly interface with yep. it. I mean, there's there's not a lot to say about it other than woof.
1: Yeah. To what you said about him being an observer of uh, um, observer of human nature. An observer. Um, the observer baby. <laughs> the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, um, is also quoted in that Guardian piece. And he says that Lewis's great gift as a writer about Christianity was not as an academic theologian, uh, but in what, quote, what you might call pastoral theology, an interpreter of people's moral and spiritual crises as somebody who is a brilliant diagnostician of self-deception um just again writing about him as this like it's not just that he is setting out to write you know you can many people know of lewis as either the narnia guy
0: i think that's mainly who they know him as
1: or if you are in the in the theologian world he is
0: theological he is like
1: (laughs) one of the primary like 20th century popular uh christian apologists and so like you might be very familiar with those texts this mere christianity the great divorce there's there's a few others um
0: yeah i will, I will say for myself and i think this is broadly true of a lot of people at least in our yeah, cohort yeah, yeah, yeah. is i experienced him as a kid as the narnia guy and then later on as an adult came back to to those works with with a like a greater understanding of context and I was like boy this is all pretty overtly christian isn't it
1: in a, in a way that you were not aware in of a way that the first did not, time and yeah no
0: did not really scan because it because it's like oh this book about kids who go into a wardrobe and it's a fantastical world and there's a witch and it's like you know you miss the the metaphor even in the later ones where sure. it, it like stops mostly being a metaphor and starts being being pretty literal yep. but, but yeah that was my that was sort of my arc with him
1: well and i didn't have one as was we talked about like i i knew that these works i knew that like the narnia works existed i did not know anything about these other christian apologist works growing up and so like even reading the first narnia was like kind of a revelation for me in terms of like what is appealing about it what isn't and all that kind of stuff and i have no history with like the rest of those books which i understand get kind of wacky
0: yeah the the terminology Christian apologetic yeah. like it just it just it just strikes me a little funny because it's you know it's, it's a it's work written in defense of Christianity but it, but the way that you say it it's, it like makes me think of somebody going around like following after Christianity at a party being like, I'm so sorry. he's just like this like, he's just I'm really sorry. Um, He's is... mostly a good guy, but like, I'm so, I'm just really sorry about that thing that he did. I'm sorry about the Crusades and whatever. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs>
1: um, I just need to ask mm-hmm. um, just as I just, is Gray by E.L. James a work of Christian apologia?
0: I wish that someone would apologize to me about the book Gray by E.L. By e. James. James <laughs> Christian. What Grey. is. What is this take? What what's this take from? Oh, it's cuz it's Christian. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's funny. That's good <laughs> wordplay. Anyway, I thought that somebody did a closer read of it as <laughs> Christian.
1: <laughs> they should. Anyway, mm-hmm. Christian is so just like a quick rundown um for someone who's not familiar with it. Um like throughout the history of religion and in in this case Christianity, You know, there are philosophers, there are writers, there are authors who create works that are not, like, meant to be canonical works of the faith. They are instead, like, ancillary texts or fictional texts like this one that either defend parts of the faith. They could, like, mark it superior to its detractors. They could shield it from whatever the, like, current societal critique is. And that evolves from, Uh like, you know... Two millennia ago, what are the problems Christians are facing to, you know, to the 20th century where it might be like World War II is happening. What the heck are we doing with this religion? When when people
0: talk about C.S. Lewis as being like a, a big 20th century version of this, a lot of that, I think, is coming from him doing... Narnia and this, like all all the the work that he did, and this is before of... Narnia comes out. This is forty two, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the the original one. And then there's a, a later essay in it that I think is from like fifty <laughs> nine. We'll talk about, about a little yeah. bit. <laughs> <laughs> but he's doing he's doing all of this either like against the backdrop of World War II or with both of those world wars like yep. very closely in the yep. in the past and. Sort of wrangling with what that unprecedented destruction sort of yeah says Means. about the, like the modern
1: area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you could you could distinguish apologia from polemics, which are usually like attacks on other beliefs, mm-hmm. and you know proliferate within Christianity as like different sects of Christianity, like saying like oh no we're the right one or whatever. Um, there is there are two inherent tensions I think within. Apologia, from what I've read about them, you kind of attempt to prove things about, like, how it works, Mm -hmm. but ultimately you're trying to also prove something that you're saying is supposed to be taken on faith, which is just kind of its own tension there. I'm not being facetious about that. There is a real tension there. Um, And you also wind up having to kind of cede ground to the opposing viewpoint or the skeptic, and you may wind up kind of validating their ideas in the process, which I think... Uh, so this book is dedicated to J.R.R. Tolkien, mm-hmm. who was a good friend of C.S. Lewis's.
0: Mm-hmm. J.R.R. Tolkien, for those of you in the, the audience not familiar, he's mainly known for his scholarship on Beowulf. Oh,
1: yes, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, as you might know from his scholarship on Beowulf, was, was a very Christian man um, and is responsible for C.S. Lewis converting back to Christianity after he had left the faith at some point in his life, um, though, I don't think I think I I read that Tolkien wanted him to rejoin the Catholic Church and he instead joined the Church of England. I I'm not a scholar. I'm just a man who makes a podcast. And yeah, I read that somewhere. <laughs> um, there is That's what
0: scholarship is, though, is just like what you've read so many things. <laughs> I did read. You just say, got to keep reading and you'll be a scholar. I
1: read articles that uh, cited a book named J.R.R. Tolkien's Sanctifying Myth by Bradley Bertzer, uh, which lays out that Tolkien apparently did not appreciate the screw tape letters, did not (laughs) think it was cool that Lewis was giving the devil time of day. Uh huh. Kind of. Uh, Tolkien would rather not have you write a book that would voice what the devil was thinking.
0: Yeah, there's some really there's so the preface to Screwtape Gives a Toast, which is that follow up work from that, 1959 from, from like 59, right? I think. Um, so he talks actually the first thing he says is um I was often asked or advised to add to the original screw tape letters, but for many years I felt not the least inclination to do it, though I had never written anything more easily. I never wrote with less enjoyment. The ease came, no doubt, from the fact that the device of diabolical letters, once you have the thought of it, exploits itself spontaneously. Um, It would run away with you for a thousand pages if you gave it its head. But though it was easy to twist one's mind into the diabolical attitude, it was not fun or not for long. The strain produced a sort of spiritual cramp. The world into which I had to project myself while I spoke through screw tape was all dust, grit, thirst, and itch. Every trace of beauty, freshness, and geniality had to be excluded. It almost smothered me before I was done. It would have smothered my readers if I had prolonged it. And then he, the, the the other thing that he talks about is I couldn't write, I couldn't write the ideal version of that book because nobody could write it. And his, his point basically being screw tapes, advice, uh, Quote, should have been balanced by archangelical advice to the patient's guardian angel without this the picture of human life is lopsided but who could supply the deficiency even if a man and he would have to be a far better man than i could scale the spiritual heights required what answerable style could he use for the style would really be part of the content. Mere advice would be no good. Every sentence would have to smell of heaven. And nowadays, even if you could write prose like Traherne's, you wouldn't be allowed to. For the canon of functionalism has disabled literature for half its functions. This gets into a little bit of C. S. Lewis. Just he had was a lot say He, he yeah. has a lot of mm-hmm. thoughts.
1: I, I saw that quote elsewhere. That's a great quote. I'm glad you mm-hmm. I'm glad that you read it. Because mm-hmm. yeah, he came he conceived of this book. Well, the, 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 just
0: bringing that oh, yeah. up just to say that I don't think C.S. Lewis necessarily disagreed with Tolkien mm. <laughs> altogether. Fair enough, you fair know, enough. Yeah, yeah, he found the experience of writing the book to be pretty unpleasant.
1: He, so it was originally published serially in The Guardian, um, which did receive letters from people who did not know it was satire and were like, these are bad ideas. <laughs> um and he came up with the idea in 1940, I think, having attended a a church service that was not the normal service he went to, like it was later in the day, and so he he heard a different guy preach, and then like writes so to if his,
0: you ever if you ever did go to church like that is a weird yeah, like to go and night and hear somebody else that is a weird thing
1: yeah, uh, and he writes his brother and is like you know about the idea and he says the idea would be to give the psychology of temptation. Uh, From the other point of view, as opposed to from the point of view of resisting temptation, which is kind of interesting. Uh, But there is some like scholarship on like, wait, so what was that guy preaching about? Was he just bored and like his mind wandered or was that guy really interesting and captivating? Mm -hmm. Um, There is some mixed reporting on him. He had also listened to a speech by Hitler recently. (laughs) <laughs> At that time. Okay. <laughs> and it, like there are letters to his brother about it where he talks about it being, um, it like kind of terribly compelling. Um, mm-hmm. the quote is that while the speech lasts, it is impossible not to waver just a little. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he is, uh, people have, you know, run with that quote and I, there, it, <laughs> there are, marketing blurbs about this book since its existence that like name drop Hitler in them as like this is a book to understand evil sort of thing Uh uh-huh uh which is maybe not fair and is kind of conflating that he was just like kind of interested in what it was like to but but to your point he also thought maybe I could also write a book that's the good part and I guess I can't
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, I, I wonder almost if, if like, Lewis talks about the war in this, and to the extent that there's a story arc, it is yeah. it is about that. The but war, Screwtape yeah. is super not interested in talking about it. And maybe because C.S., I mean, I'm just guessing, yep. but, like, maybe because C.S. Lewis did not want everybody to come to it, being like, oh, where's all the, where? what about Hitler? Yeah, <laughs> when, for when sure. When are you going to talk about Hitler?
1: <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, so it was, to my understanding... A success upon its publication um, after it ran in the Guardian and confused some people and then was collected as a book.
0: Because yeah, the book I don't like the book didn't come out until 61. I don't think like it was it
1: was. No, that was a while. That like, was Screwtape Proposed a Toast. Tape Letters came out in 1942. It was published. Right. You're right. But like the serial version. Right. No, no. The book was published in 1942. The book was published in nineteen forty. Yeah. Okay. So, I, right. so I have reviews that are like. Oh, okay.
0: So yes, the the letters were written, or the serial version was written from May to November nineteen forty one. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at the first omnibus edition. Oh, that sure. Brought all of it together. It yes. Was in yes. Sixty one. Okay. All right. Good.
1: No, you know you've got guys like. L.A.G. Strong in The Observer from 1942 saying, It's an excellent book, hard hitting, challenging, provoking. I have marked a dozen passages for quotation. A dozen? dozen. (laughs) That's not not very many. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I've also got this blurb from the second edition. Uh, where the marketing blur before all of the like fun little quotes says, "What is the enemy thinking?" The question is often asked about Hitler. Less often, even in Christian circles, about quote our ghostly foe. These letters written by an elderly devil to instruct his junior in the art of temptation may suggest an answer. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of even right after its publication, that is what the marketing people are saying is. About this book and like why yeah, you sure. should maybe read it. Also, uh-huh. they are marketing it as the new book by the author of quote the problem of pain," which is not <laughs> a book I knew C.S. <laughs> Lewis wrote.
0: I and mean, speaking of E.L. James books, <laughs> yo, yikes. Okay, let's take a quick
1: break, and then you can tell me what is actually going on in these letters, Andrew. All right. Yes.
0: Greg, this week's podcast is all about letters, but if you want to publish letters so everybody can see them, you don't need to publish a book like C.S. Lewis did. You just need a website. That's true. I don't need a
1: book. I don't need to be like C.S. Lewis. I want to be my own man on the Internet.
0: Help! (laughs) Help! (laughs) <laughs> well, luckily for you, this week's podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is a website that helps you make websites. And listen, you can use all 26 letters in the alphabet mm. to make any kind of website that you want. And probably some special characters, too. And probably lots of special characters. like the, I think they're probably uh, Unicode compliant. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know how to use them to code anything,
0: Andrew. Is Squarespace mm. for me? Squarespace is for you because you don't need to know how to code anything, you idiot. They just give you beautiful, easy-to-use, drag-and-drop templates, and you just scooch stuff around with your mouse until you got a website that looks just the way you want it. That's Sounds one of the many wonderful. one of the many benefits of Squarespace. Here's some of the others. Are you scooching the, stuff around? It, yeah, I am in a, in a sort of a wet space because it's the fluid engine. <laughs> the next a next generation website design system from squarespace craig it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity it's never been easier for anyone anyone ever in human history to unlock unbreakable unbreakable creativity start with a best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile You also get flexible website templates. We talked about these templates. They're pretty Mm. good. Yeah. Uh, They give you professional website templates with designs for every category and use case. Then you customize your look, update your content, and add features to fit your unique needs. You can make any Squarespace template do what you want so your idea, brand, or business stands out online on every device. And they also give you powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, updates. Categorize share and schedule your posts to make your content work for you If any of this sounds good to you just head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch go to squarespace.com overdue To save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain Nothing screwy about these letters you just type in squarespace.com overdue To save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain
1: All right, Andrew, I am a young demon, and I don't know how to best go about demoning. Can you mm-hmm. help me?
0: Yeah, I have a lot of super condescending letters that I could write you <laughs> <laughs> about everything that you're doing wrong. Great, okay. <laughs> um, the The preface of this book, I, I think it is good just as the preface of the book prefaces the book i think that we can preface our podcast with a discussion of the preface have i said preface enough times you have
1: prefaced the preface of this discussion of the preface with a Mm -hmm. solid preface about
0: the preface c.s lewis not giving up kayfabe in this in this preface says i have no intention of explaining how the correspondence which i now offer to the public fell into my hands oh i love that there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist or a magician with the same delight. The sort of script, which is used in this book can be very easily obtained by anyone who has once learned the knack, but ill disposed or excitable people who might make a bad use of it shall not learn it from me. Uh, and this is, this is the most interesting part when taught, when, Trying to say whether what Screwtape thinks is what C.S. Lewis thinks. Mm, Because it creates a layer of plausible deniability. Yeah, Uh, Readers are advised to remember that the devil is a liar. Not everything that Screwtape says should be assumed to be true, even from his own angle. I have made no attempt to identify any of the human beings mentioned in the letters. (laughs) But I think it very unlikely that the portraits say of uh, Father Spike or the patient's mother are wholly just. There's wishful thinking in hell as well as on Earth.
1: Huh. Yeah, I had. This is not a, an aspect of the book that I was familiar with at all. That even that there was an intro here, as if C.S. Lewis has found this devilish collection of text mm-hmm. and is now sharing it with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um so who are the people that he mentioned? What is that?
0: Okay. So I the, the people he mentioned we don't need to we we don't need to talk about too much really cuz they just like factor into what the overarching theme is. But the deal with this book is there is the senior demon named Screwtape. Great. Uh, who used to work as a tempter but has been promoted in the lowerarchy of hell. <laughs> 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 Which is not my joke. It's Yes Lewis is joke. It is good. <laughs> good. Uh, he's writing to uh his, I think, is his nephew Wormwood. His nephew Wormwood, yes, yeah, uh, who is a junior demon who's working in the in the tempting department. Okay, and is trying to get one specific guy who's only referred to as the patient to like renounce a uh, conversion to Christianity and turn back to uh, turn turn back to the secular things and and die and go to hell so they, they can all so they can all eat them. Oh, that's what they do. They eat. Yeah, him. there's a whole there's like a, a section where, oh yeah, just just talking about the way that people in hell see, uh, the, and our our father below is Satan and the enemy is God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but of the of the demons, we want cattle who can finally become food. He wants servants who can finally become sons. Oh. about? Devils are just looking for sustenance, but God, like He made all these creatures, and He really sincerely loves them. And I, as a demon, do not understand that. Yes, but that is is just a thing you have to understand about like the asymmetrical warfare that we are we are waging on Earth. It it sounds
1: like you found some of the wit in this. Like you did find parts of it, like humorous in the way that it's intended.
0: Yeah, there are some funny funny bits, like the. So most of it is written in as I as I said a pretty condescending tone. Uh, somebody who knows a lot and is aware that they know a lot, talking to somebody who they think is kind of an idiot. Great, yeah. and like to the, to the point where <laughs> it did, by the end of it, it was a little, it was wearing on me just a little bit. Okay, the, okay, the sort of sameness of all the condescension which i think again cs lewis would not totally disagree with me about yeah sure <laughs> um what was i talking about what was the the funniness
1: or the humor oh yeah
0: yeah yeah so you only see the frame pop up every now and again but you do like you every once in a while they'll talk about an- uh, another demon uh like he uh screwtape is talking about the patient's mother and he says, keep in close touch with our colleague, Glubos, who's in charge of the mother. <laughs> uh, so every time you get a new demon name, it's funny. Okay. There's one passage where Screwtape gets really mad and he turns into a, like a big centipede, mm-hmm. which I, I guess is a Dante a Dante reference. There
1: is like... Dante Dantean. What like if Dantean. what if you took some of the Dante tropes and then ran them through the kind of... just strangeness of 20th century post-industrialization like bureaucracy office and government culture and you just took all of the stuff that Dante came up with and you said
0: well but we wear suits now (laughs) um yeah there there is like the the humor in it is in some of the the sniping that that happens also um there's a bit like when Screwtape says to Wormwood, like God actually does love these people. That is, that is not allowed. That's wrong. Think in, in hell. You're not allowed. Yes. Yeah. You're like blaspheming against Satan and Wormwood like rats on him. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, one of the, one of the letters from Screwtape to Wormwood like talks about, yeah. Hey, I I smoothed over you trying to get me in trouble, and you are gonna get yours. Don't worry about it. And then he just goes back to, <laughs> to writing more about human nature in the letter. <laughs> sure. Um. So the the overarching narrative of the book is this guy, the patient, converts to Christianity. Uh, Screw tape is continually giving new advice to Wormwood because the the guy, like he is in a he's in a church, and then he makes some. Friends who are like outside of the church, and but then he drifts away from them. And then he meets a, a woman and he has a relationship. And then the war starts, and he is like, and then the patient is participating in the war. And then while he is still, while the patient has yet to be converted to uh this demon's way of thinking, he is killed by a bomb mm. that is dropped on him mm. by the Germans. Mm. And screw tape is there. There's an interesting like kids these days thread running through it too, where wormwood just wants to do like stereotypical devil stuff, like just seeing people suffer. Like, wormwood is you only you, you never get anything from wormwood, you only get like in these opening graphs, um, uh, screw tape like responding to I whatever like wormwood's that. last letter yeah, was. That's fun, okay. Um, so again, not you know, you're not sure what portrait of wormwood that you're getting or whether it's correct, yeah. But he does say at one point, um, uh, Uh, this is a crying example of something I've complained about already. Your readiness to forget the main point in your immediate enjoyment of human suffering. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you not know that bombs kill men or do you not realize that the patient's death at this moment is precisely what we want to avoid? True tape is all about playing the subtle game and the long game, not necessarily dancing around with a pitchfork, trying to get somebody to, to sin, but trying to really to to wriggle his way in all of your like vices and insecurities and knowing full well the arc of like Lewis talks a lot about like people have this weird conflicting sort of duality where they are always chasing novelty and change. But they also often desire like stability and predictability. Yeah. Sure. And how to like observe wh- wh- where a human is in the ups and downs of all of that. Like, you know, in a, in a, in a marriage or even in, in your like religious life, you, you know, you, you convert at first and you're, you're going to be your zeal for that is yep. going to be more intense when it's fresh. Yep. And then you, you got to bide your time, wait until it's kind of worn off and then you, and then you strike. Sure
1: well and what you um, mentioned earlier of like the the friends the relationship the you mentioned the there being a mother the war like it also it's very it's a clever structure for lewis to address a lot of different parts of human nature through just like what this patient guy the the you know wormwood's assignment is experiencing over time right like it's like mm-hmm. he, you can you can talk a lot about relationships because the guy is now in one and then you can kind of like talk about how a devil would get in there and mess with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you're when you bring up the bomb thing and how a bomb is maybe not useful because now he's dead and you can't.
0: Yeah. Like if he gets killed when he's when he's being pious. Not helpful. Yeah. He's you lost. Like You don't get your food yeah and you're and you specifically wormwood are going to be punished for that because this is hell and we <laughs> keep track of this sort of thing
1: i did i did google like i'm not above just straight up googling things for this podcast i need to bring things to the show
0: right i you mean you're not you're not going to your local library and checking for- out dust dusty old tomes of scholarship and listen through it. every Goog- episode googling stuff yeah.
1: okay fine um I did go to cslewis.com/slash lewis and politics just to like get a sense because like in my sense of like googling about this book and it it is a powerful enough text I think and a precise enough one that you can actually read a lot into it based on what your own priors are and what you want to take out of it. It is a book about evil, and so if you have a particular idea of what evil is, you can ascribe that to all sorts of things, right? Definitely
0: some of the passages that I that I have brought to talk about are the and, and when I talk about Lewis's like observation of the human condition, I am talking about the passages that I that hit me more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, because sure. Because sure. I recognize my, myself in them a little bit. But anyway, go ahead. So,
1: and I just kind of wanted to get a sense of what the people who are stewarding Lewis's brand have, a, have a, a notion to this. And they talk about him being a person with a clear moral compass who is like kind of skeptical of politicians and government in general because he sees them as tools to thwart moral good. Like they are manipulatable. They are. That's not a word. What is it? They are capable of being manipulated <laughs> sure um,
0: <laughs> there's some stuff in the in the screw tape toast about like small d democracy that we can oh talk cool. about too. okay but go ahead
1: um that he believed in kind of a natural law of goodness um the example that comes up is that like in his day if you you know subjective morality can't be a thing if you are someone who believes that the nazis are like objectively bad right so you have mm-hmm. to like for for him you have to wrestle with that tension of like well if we are looking at this thing and we are able to say that it is empirically morally bad then that must mean that there is some sort of empirical moral good yada 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 that's like uh-huh. lewis's grounding there uh-huh. um i did i do just want to shout out who nobody writing this knew that we were all going to become fans of succession but there's a paragraph that starts (laughs) with a closer look at lewis's life shows his engagement with politics from a young age and i just started laughing (laughs) to me and knowing that i could share that with my friend andrew yeah Um, that's funny but he says i don't deserve a share this also talks about him like he was offered a an honor from winston churchill at one point and he refused it because he was like People who disagree with that person's politics are going to then, like, brand that onto my work, and that is not useful to me or to to what I'm trying to write towards. Like, I'm trying to Mm -hmm. stay away from all that. Don't, you know, miss me with that, he said. Yes. Um, He did literally say, I don't deserve a share in governing a hen roost, much less a nation, nor do most people who believe advertisements and think in catchwords and spread rumors. The real reason for democracy is just the reverse. Mankind is so fallen that no man can be trusted with unchecked power over his fellows. Um, so that, that's kind of his, at least in some writings, like that's kind of what he's putting forward. Yeah, that's, that's because
0: the, the screw tape toast is, is obsessed with a couple of different issues, like, uh, uh, education being one of them, right? Well, the education is one, but like suspicion of, of democracy as like a moral good. Mm. Um, Mm. there's a lot of disdain in there for the idea that everyone is truly equal. There is some, uh, vis-a-vis screw tape or are you? Hmm. This is this is what Screwtape is, is okay. complaining about okay, okay, in this okay. toast. It's like written twenty years after the the original book, okay. so like, and complaining about the like the loss of individuality and and kind of like. Hmm everyone being equal (laughs) yeah sure sure it's it's sort of almost like the incredibles thing if you want to bring another (laughs) thing into it the if if everybody is special then no one is sort of of thing it's a little like that
1: more than one hit for is c.s lewis a libertarian it's out there people
0: yeah 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 so i mean he he supports democracy but he supports it because he says, "I believe in I'm a Democrat because I believe in the fall, and therefore think men are too wicked to be trusted with more than the minimum power over other men. Yep. So, like, democracy is kind of a weak and ineffective system a lot of the time. But for me, that's a feature and not a bug yep. of it. Sure, sure. Relative to like fascism or or, or whatever.
1: Yeah, um, he hated the he hated a theocracy. He said also he thought yeah, that was bad. Yeah. Um, all right, continue um, with the with your reaction to the book your are experiencing. Well, the
0: book. So, so okay, so so we talked a little bit about." um Lewis being a good observer of the human condition. The other, the other thing I thought was the most interesting is, you might expect, and, and I think that maybe like Wormwood does feel this way. You might expect devils or Satan or whoever to like revel in mm. quote unquote bad things like you know violence and adultery and and pride and all all of the. You know all, all the big all the big name sins. The you know? cable like news the, the version <laughs> of those sins. Yeah, <laughs> sure. But what's interesting about what Screwtape has to say about a lot of it is just it's more like okay, so so the the passage of this that I think is the most representative is one where Wormwood has brought up the war mm-hmm. and. Screwtape is advising him and you might expect Screwtape being a devil to be like, yeah, war is great. And we need to like amp up these, these feelings of animosity, of, just like kill jingoism or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, but, but what Screwtape actually says he's comparing patriotism and pacifism. Mm. And you and I might think, Oh, uh, like patriotism, that can lead to nationalism. That could be the yeah. bad option. Pacifism. Yeah. That just means we all want to get along. We don't want to, Fight. That's yep. inherently good. Uh, Lewis, through screw tape, says, Whichever he adopts, your main task will be the same. Let him begin by treating the patriotism or the pacifism as a part of his religion. Then let him, under the influence of partisan spirit, come to regard it as the most important part. Then quietly and gradually nurse him onto the stage at which the religion becomes merely part of the cause, in which Christianity is valued chiefly because of the excellent arguments it can bro- produce in favor of the British war effort or of pacifism. The attitude which you want to guard against is that in which 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 temporal affairs are treated primarily as material for obedience. Once you've made the world an end and faith a means, you have almost won your man and it makes very little difference. What kind of worldly end he is pursuing. Yeah. Okay. Which is kind of interesting. Like, like a lot of this is just, okay. It doesn't matter if he like, it kind of doesn't matter what the patient is thinking about or worried about as long as he's thinking about the world more than he's thinking about his faith. Yeah then you, the devil are winning the fight for, for his soul. Yeah. Um, and then like, regardless of what you believe individually about, about any of, of this, I just thought that was a, an interesting way to, to turn the traditional like yep. devil depiction on its, on its head, including sort of the, the depiction that I'd picked up going to church as a kid. I think as, um, as someone who- and he talks about the present versus the future a lot, too. Mm-hmm. We want a whole race perpetually in pursuit of the rainbow's end. Never honest, nor kind, nor happy now, but always using as mere oh. fuel wherewith to heap the altar of the future. Every real gift which is offered them in the present. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, you got to keep them thinking about the world. You got to keep them like able to be like disappointed by things because then they'll become like disillusioned and and. Yeah. Disaffected and and, and disaffected and despairing. And if we've if we're inspiring that, then we also are doing pretty good.
1: Yeah. I think my reaction to the work not steeped, you know, I did not go to church growing up, like not steeped in a religious response to it was that that I'm glad you shared the pacifist um, patriotism passage, because that's some of what I remember from it of just being like, how do we get people away from being good people and like in in lewis's mind that is like being a godly christian like member of that faith but like Mm -hmm. i think you can also get in my recollection you can get stuff out of this by thinking like well just like what is it that takes you away from being a a considerate member of civilization (laughs) like Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. is it that narrows your mind what is it that makes you more selfish what is it that uh, makes you more duplicitous like I think that whole thing where he's like make his religion part of his partisanship mm-hmm. more so than it is his religion is like yeah. really insightful.
0: Yeah, and, and there's another bit that sort of dovetails with what you're, you're talking about like CS Lewis is, a, is also kind of a student of, of grievance. Mm, And and, mm. uh, men are not angered by mere misfortune, but by misfortune conceived as injury. And the sense of injury depends on the feeling that a legitimate claim has been denied. The more claims on life, therefore, that your patient can be induced to make, the more often he will feel injured and as a result, ill-tempered. And it's it is I'm going to read a little bit more. It's like. Again. You think if if you're thinking in, in terms of like cosmic, like God versus Satan stuff, I think you're thinking of big things. Yeah. Like you're, you're predisposed to think about big things. And C.S. Lewis goes on like kind of little Seinfeld rant about <laughs> now you will have noticed that nothing throws him into a passion so easily as to find a of time, which he reckoned on having at his own disposal, unexpectedly taken from him. <laughs> <laughs> it's the unexpected visitor uh, when he looked forward to a quiet evening, or the friend's talkative wife turning up when he looked forward to a tete a tete with the friend that throw him out of gear. Now he's not yet so uncharitable or slothful that these small demands on his courtesy are in themselves too much for it. They anger him because he regards his time as his own and feels that it is being stolen. He must therefore zealously guard in his mind the curious assumption, My time is my own. Let him have the feeling that he starts each day as the lawful possessor of 24 hours. <laughs> Let him feel as a grievous tax that. That portion of this property, which he has to make over to his employers and as a generous donation, that further portion, which he allows to religious duties, but what he must never be permitted to doubt is that the total from which these deductions have been made was, in some mysterious sense, his own personal birthright. Wow. Whomst among us has not been like... <laughs> I'm reclaiming my time this you you, uh, you you're the guy at my door asking about my electricity for some reason <laughs> like you've texted me telling me that my package is at a post office but my address isn't there and you need me to click on this this malformed url to- listen I trust the people who work at my car dealership who work on
1: my car they send me 15 texts every time I book an appointment. That's a lot of texts. And then someone else bunch. calls me trying to get me to trade in my car. I'm trying to get you to work on the car I have. <laughs> I'm not trying to get rid of it.
0: <laughs> Susanna got texted the other day by one of those We Buy Houses scammers. Oh, God. And she, when I, I don't know what it is about me, <laughs> but at some point, I. My response to getting called by an actual human scammer, not like a robo scammer, not like a text thing, but an actual human person is, you wanted to waste my time? Well, buckle up, buddy. We're all getting screw taped here. Yeah. And so my, I mean, my impulse was to, and I'm not even like considering what this says about me in the, in the context of the screw tape letters or like my, my, (laughs)
2: like
0: how it reflects on me as a human being. Sure. Like, I was like, yeah, you need to text that person back and and be like, yeah, we'll sell it for $2 million. (laughs) And she's like, are you serious? And I'm like, no, I'm not serious, but I think you should mess with them. And she's like, no, I already deleted it. And I've spent... (laughs) A portion just this very small portion of every day since she told me that, wishing that they had texted me instead, sad, sad I, piano I, music as see, you put I your know. joker makeup back in the drawer
1: I, <laughs> I bet you know the script tape letters is basically how do you make a man into a joker uh-huh. in a small, small mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. um but yeah you're I think you're right to zero in on the on the fact that Lewis is saying that what can be. You know, either sinful or just a version of evil or whatever m- label you want to put on like morally bad and kind of disintegrating the relationship between fellow men mm-hmm. is that it, it doesn't have to be, you know, cane killing Abel. It can be you resenting people for stuff that it is not worth resenting them for.
0: Yeah, that's that's a lot of what the the stuff is about the like his relationship with his mother too. Is, oh yeah, yeah. Is um, yeah, uh, build up between you in that house a good settled habit of mutual annoyance, annoyance daily pinpricks. Mm. Uh, you must bring him to a condition in which he can practice self-examination for an hour without discovering any of those facts about himself which are perfectly clear to anyone who has ever lived in the same house with him or worked in the same office. <laughs> <laughs> Just like what are the little annoying things? And he does this a little bit in the stuff about relationships and marriage too. It's just like, what are the little things that you, people pick at each other about that you can use to like create conflict and, and yeah. And win, win his, win him over. You know,
1: there is, I mean, I guess I'm just, as you talk about it, I am impressed that he is a, so effective talking about the banality or the, like the little, not the mundanity of it rather. While he, while the, while World War Two is happening,
0: like, World War II is that, like, listen to this passage and tell me you don't, tell me you have never been aware of this kind oh of dynamic no. between you and somebody else. Oh, Your no. patient must demand that all his own utterances are to be taken at their face value and judged simply on the actual words, while at the same time judging all his mother's utterances with the fullest and most oversensitive interpretation of the tone and the context and the suspected intention. She must be encouraged to do the same to him. Hence, from every quarrel, they can both go away convinced or very nearly convinced that they are quite innocent. Oh, my God.
1: I can see how he had trouble, like, living in this headspace.
0: It's pretty miserable.
1: Well, because I can, as you were reading that passage in particular.
0: Once this habit habit is well established, you have the delightful situation of a human saying things with the express purpose of offending and yet having a grievance when offense is taken. Like, this is every reality show. (laughs)
1: this is just the real housewives yeah
0: exactly
1: um yeah like as you're reading that i'm going oh my brain has a schema for the church sermon that is telling me not to do this right Mm -hmm. like i have ever attended a service that is about like being gracious to people and like Mm -hmm. not going you know kind of just building up a category of uh, like a litany of just uh, yeah. like mm-hmm. you know forgive mm-hmm. your debtors etc cetera, etc cetera, yeah. or trespassers whatever and this book is written in the mind space where so it's like do all of those things <laughs> do them make sure he does them that's the goal and it's just a weird place to put your brain
0: i think that's what what is interesting about it if you're reading it as, like whether you're religious or not yeah what makes it more universally applicable, I think is that it is not just talking about like behavior in a church. It's not just filtering everything through that because things that, that screw tape thinks are like good or bad in a, in a person, like as a reader, you don't necessarily need to, to, to filter that through the lens of Christianity. Like you can, yeah you can read that, section and be like yeah i hate having these kinds of interactions with with people it drives me up the wall like you you can conceive of these things as uh, annoying or bad to deal with regardless of whether you think your like immortal soul is in the balance Uh, oh yeah i think that's i think that is where the the book like got worked potency when it worked for me yeah Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. or as we kind of wrap up like is there stuff about the book that overtly didn't work for you either in terms of you said meant you mentioned like kind of the voice kind of ran out a little bit in terms it just like it just went on a little long or maybe you. Just i think kind of i think
0: i think that 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 too much time with scrutiny yeah that, that i think that's mainly it is it's a lot of time to spend in the same voice yeah And you do, you know, every once in a while you hit uh, like another demon with a name like Scabtree and you're like, okay, yeah, cool. There's other stuff. Great. Wonderful. Sure. (laughs) But there are also bits that you remember when we read The Secret. Yeah. And Oh, do I? There are parts of that book that are just like, here's the thesis statement and then we're going to go over and over and over Mm. and over this essential point. Sure. Ad nauseum until it's just like hammered into your skull. And I'm not saying... I'm not far be it for me to compare the screw tape letters to the secret. I don't know if I'm the first person to do this, but I like
1: <laughs> someone out there has been hoping that someone would compare the screw tape letters to the secret.
0: They've been yeah, meditating on it for been, years. Yeah, they've, been, they've been wishing for it. Yes. Yeah. I, I and think, now and here it is. And I think it, it there there is occasionally a moment of yeah. Okay. You made your point. Yep. tape. Like you. Let's let's move on. <laughs>
1: well, and I feel like yeah, the concept here is very strong. It. I did not know at all before this recording, this episode, um, that it was published serially. That that explains that to me in a, in a yeah, way. Yeah. I, I.
0: Yeah. I think you mind the the voice a lot. Like even if you're reading it at a slower pace, like not so you can record a hour long book yeah. podcast about it. I think probably you don't. And I'm I'm always sensitive to to. To that, I, I, I always try to like. What, what's you know when you weight something? What's the, what's the version of that where you remove weight from the thing?
1: Oh, it's the, it's kind of the well, yeah. It's like when you're playing a uh, a game with with a handicap or something where you're trying uh-huh. to yeah. What is that? The reverse of that.
0: I don't know, but but regardless, I am o- always trying to downplay complaints about voice or anything because I recognize that the way I am reading books sometimes sure. is not not the way they would optimally be digested. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Because like, this book, you know, as written is published in articles and is then I'm sure for decades now is a text in a theology class. And so, are you reading all of it for the next class, or are you going? You know, a few letters at a time, mm-hmm. or are you reading a letter from the Screw Tape letters in your philosophy class, or mm-hmm. your his, you know, or you're in your Narnia class where you're like, well, why mm-hmm. is why is the Narnia guy writing about a demon? We gotta get to the bottom of it.
0: But uh, yeah, I think just as you know, when we talk about like Harrow the Ninth or something, and we we talk about the like the meme voice, yep, yeah, sure, and how quickly I get frustrated with that, even though. I'm only getting frustrated with it because we are like mainlining all of the parts of the book that are like that all in one go. Like (laughs) it's like it's I I try to be cognizant of the fact that, yeah, not everybody is going to be like one shotting the screw tape (laughs) letters so they can talk about it on their podcast. Like it's just not how people are going to read it most of the time.
1: Yeah. And I'll say if you do experience it as a stage adaptation, you are going to be kind of one shotting it. But. But you're, it's also
0: been read adapted. And you've got in other anticipation of you yeah, yeah, yeah. of of you of it being digested that way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I
1: feel like there was a radio version that was going around a few years ago by Simon Russell Beale, mm-hmm. um, who was reading them, and like he's a you know a very well regarded British actor that you know. Any, I, I found numerous blogs that were like, I just listened to this on the radio, and now I'm mm-hmm. thinking about Screw Tape. And you're like, yeah, well that's. Radio is a powerful medium, has been for yeah. over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, thanks for telling me about Screw Tape, Andrew. You're welcome. Do you uh, have any letters that you're going to send to me next?
0: I mean, you just wait and see. I mean, maybe we should be mailing. Maybe we should be mailing each other stuff more. Maybe when we want to troll each other, it's not about sending Slack messages. It's about mailing something, and then you forget that you mailed your friend the stupid thing and then they get it like seven days later
1: i mean we've, we already do live that a little bit where it's like i forgot i sent you that meme <laughs> yesterday <laughs> that does happen but yeah you're right maybe i should be printing out memes and sending them to you in the mail um
0: was there anything about the toast that i wanted to talk oh about? yeah and we talked, we we talked a little that? bit about the about the democracy thing so this was there's just Screwtape. a lot of okay, it, it yes. is
1: formally called what screw tape delivers a toast um, it was originally... Screwtape
0: gives a toast or something? I don't know. Proposes
1: a toast, excuse proposes, me. Proposes, there you go. It was go. first published in the uh, Saturday Evening Post as an addendum to the original work. Go ahead, Andrew. You said it was Mostly a little just, old like, man yells at cloud.
0: It's basically. a little bit. like he's they're, they're, The first part is where Screwtape is lamenting that just the, you know, the, the souls the damned souls are just not, they don't taste as good as they used to. Oh no. <laughs> no. Uh, what does he say? And again, this is from the, the perspective of a, of a demon. And so maybe you don't need to like. Assume that this is Lewis asking for these people to make a return. Oh, to get one's teeth again into a Farinata, a Henry VIII, or even a Hitler. There was a real crackling there, something to crunch a rage and egotism, a cruelty only just less robust than our own. It put up a delicious resistance to being devoured. It warmed your innards when you'd got it down. Instead of this, what have we had tonight? There was a municipal authority with graft sauce, but personally, I could not detect in him the flavor of a really passionate and brutal avarice, such as delighted one in the great tycoons of the last century. was he not unmistakably a little man, a creature of the petty rake off, <laughs> pocketed with a petty joke in private and denied with the stalest platitudes in his public utterances, a grubby little non-entity who had drifted into corruption, only just realizing that he was corrupt and chiefly because everyone else did it? Um, Screwtape does say, you know, consider first the mere quantity. The quality may be wretched, but we've never had souls of a sort in more abundance. Oh. Um, he says you know, the the souls might taste bad, but is it not utter frustration and famine for the enemy? He did not create the humans in order to produce candidates for limbo, failed humans. He wanted to make saints, gods, things like himself. Is the dullness of your present fare not a very small price to pay for the delicious knowledge that his whole great experiment is petering out? Okay, okay. But yeah, just like complaining about how, bl- how bland everyone is and how samey everybody is, uh, complaining about democracy considered as like a, a moral good in and of itself. Uh, the little stocks will now have themselves bite the tops off the big ones. The big ones are beginning to bite off their own and their desire to be like stocks, man. Everybody's just trying to keep up with the Joneses. Everybody's becoming too the same. His most, his most old man yells a cloud thing in this is boy. Uh, if one kid is smart and one kid is stupid, we should be Spelling that out and like separating That's them. That's what Screwtape Pretty... is saying? Yes. Oh boy. Children who, uh, and even more drastic seems not impossible Children who are fit to proceed to a higher class May be artificially kept back because the others Would get a trauma Beelzebub what a useful word by being left behind The bright pupil le- thus remains Democratically fettered to his own age group Throughout his school career and a boy Who would be capable of tacking Aeschylus, tackling Aeschylus or Dante sits listening to his co Attempt to spell out a cat sat on the mat Oh boy Which is a very like uh, You snowflake <laughs> snowflakes in your trauma. (laughs) I
1: I did read a little bit that said, like, Lewis, you know, who'd been advocating for this kind of, like, universal morality and that some education rooted in Christianity would would help kind of restore some moral good in public society, um, that maybe he thought that current public education models in the mid-20th century were not adequate to that task.
0: I mean, and so here is
1: screw tape yeah. saying like this is great? Is that uh, for uh,
0: for when such a nation like a democratic nation meets in conflict a nation where children have been made to work at school where talent is placed in high posts and where the ignorant mass are allowed no say at all in public affairs only one result is possible one democracy was surprised lately when it found that russia had got ahead of it in science what a delicious specimen of human blindness if the whole tendency of their society is opposed to every sort of excellence why did they expect their scientists to excel so this is like talking about the space race i don't man
1: what are you doing <laughs> lewis put the pen down <laughs> everybody loved that screw tape guy i'm gonna go write some more screw tape it's kind of what it sounds like tape. to a me.
0: Bit. just a little bit i'm like i don't know i don't want to like wait this this yeah. part of it too yeah. much but i did like reading it i was just like oh this is there are a lot of like present day reactionary Thoughts in here, and whether we're supposed to take them like oh, yeah. super literally from like Lewis's perspective, I don't know. But man, He's it is wild. It, it is yeah, it is wild how much like society these days, kids these days, complaints read exactly the same across like a hundred and fifty years. Yes. Yep. Yep.
2: Yep. yep. yep.
0: <laughs> like every every time somebody posts like a, a thread on whatever social media site you're on right now of like i think that there was one a while back about like you know a hundred years of people don't want to work anymore
1: oh that one is very good
0: <laughs> yeah. that one it's is that very kind of good yeah mm-hmm.
1: screw tape would have a field day with people not wanting to work anymore <laughs> oh my god you'd have a field day with the return to office stuff Ooh yeah oh my god send us an email send us a screw tape letter to overduepod at gmail.com um, tell us about being evil podcasters. Um, we'd love to read your emails.
0: Yeah, uh, give us your condescending advice, please. <laughs> please. Uh,
1: find us on the social media platform of your choice at Overdue Pod. The social media platforms of our choice currently are Blue Sky and Instagram. Find us there, at Overdue Isn't it called
0: Threads, or is it? No, it's Instagram.
1: Well, we're using Instagram for sure. Sometimes okay. we're on Threads. Sometimes we're on Threads. Yeah. Is my, but the stuff is on instagram that's what i'm saying right now okay sure that's our fine. theme song is composed by nick larangis andrew if folks want to know more about the show where do they go
0: Overduepodcast.com is our internet website where we have the schedule for the month craig if we read the march schedule yet probably we have right
1: uh maybe but i've got it right here i'm happy to yeah, read, read it, it
0: again because hey, listen it's march 4th baby we got a march 4th and read the schedule.
1: Here you go, March 4th, The Screwtapped <laughs> Letters by C.S. Lewis. Next week, I'm reading the... Tr- March the 4th, be with you. I'm reading The Trumpet <laughs> of the Swan by E.B. White. Uh, then uh, They're There by Tommy Orange. And Fight Club by Chuck Palahunik, uh at the end of the month. And then our bonus episode this month, you're going to get those some more Homer time... Uh, Iliad episodes, but of course Andrew can tell you, we have a Patreon if you want those now.
0: Patreon.com slash OverduePod. Donate. Support us. Support us in our like in our attempts to educate and take care of our children during the day yeah. <laughs> when we're doing our day jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, buy the show equipment. Buy us books. Uh, get access to our Discord server. Sit in on bonus episode recordings. Yeah, uh, Always very fun. Um, and then yeah, get the episodes of our current long read projects early as well. That is, of course, Emily Wilson's translation of the Iliad. We also interviewed Emily Wilson recently. It was a fun chat. Uh so yeah, if you subscribe, you can get all that stuff. That's all that stuff fun. and so much more. And so much more. And so much more. Patreon.com slash your pot. All right, everybody, I think that's it. Yep. Okay. All right, cool. We made it. We made it through to the other side. All right. Thank you so much for listening to our show as, as always. And until we talk to you next time, please try to be happy.
2: the HateGum Podcast.